Hi everyone and welcome back to Artsmith and this is Christina and you've got Terry on assistant producing today. And now in the studio right now we have Tyron Park. Hello. How are you going, Tyron? Good. Nice to be here. It's warm inside. It's so warm in here. I do not want to go outside. Now, Tyron Park, he's the director of Lyric Opera's production of The Coronation of Papaya. Papaya. Close. Gosh. So close. We just rehearsed that then. Papaya. Papaya, Gosh, yes. I'm sorry. It took me a while as well. There's a lot of different names in there. And I was like, who's this guy? I have little nicknames for them. So I go, no, who, who everyone is. But yes, Papaya. Papaya. Yeah. So tell us about the production. Uh, so the production, this is an old opera. So this mm. is like written 400 and something years ago. Yeah, I read the first performance was in Venice in 1643. Yeah, it's been around for a while. What? It's been around for a while. That says something about how much be okay. Uh, it's, it stood the test of time, I guess. Look, it's a very old opera and one that you do question. You go, why is this, like, why do we do this opera 400 and something years later? It's, uh, you know, it's all those things that opera has. You know, it's about lust and revenge and all those things and love. And, you know, I, I'd seen a production of it years ago and I'm not an opera person. I'm new to this world, but I just loved the story. The story is pretty dark, mm-hmm. um, which floats my boat, really about a girl who is um, trying to climb to the top and usurp the queen. And it's got, as I said, all those all those exciting, big, bold themes that opera has and people sing really well. What Amazing. more could you want? And nice costumes. Amazing. I mean, what more do you want? Nothing else. <laughs> That's all you want to see on stage. Exactly. Um, so how do you even start? Because it's your first, mm-hmm. op- how do you say, operatic? Mm-hmm. Is that the correct term? Like my operatic debut. Yeah, I suppose operatic. important people call it that. Yeah. But, you know, we'll just call it whatever. Yeah. How are you feeling? Yeah. Uh, pretty relaxed, you may have gathered. Um, <laughs> you do seem really relaxed, yeah, actually. Look, I go, look, I direct a lot of plays and I direct a lot of musicals. And for me, it's no different. I mean, it's just what is the interesting story here. Mm-hmm. And so I think I've been asked to do it, I suspect, because Lyric Opera is an opera company that want to kind of extend the way opera is seen. And, you know, if you if you close your eyes now and picture an opera crowd and you go, okay, so I'm seeing a lot of, lot of grey hair. And, <laughs> and, you know, someone actually said to me, you know, don't worry. Like, they essentially come here to close their eyes and listen to the opera. And I'm like, well, that's not interesting to me. That's not my place. <laughs> no, that's, I can't do much with that. And so I guess they asked me, I did a production of a musical last year that I kind of reinvented and they that probably caught their eye and they thought, I wonder what he might do with an opera. And so for me, it's kind of wonderful because it's a great story and it's a story that is very now, particularly in this Trumpian era. And I kind of just look at it, I think if there's a refreshing thing, I just look at it from story perspective. I don't have tradition of hundreds of years. I respect it, but if it doesn't tell the best story, then I go, let's lose that and do this instead. That's really cool. That's also really relatable for a younger generation, I feel, to have them want to come and have a look and see the opera. Well, I would hope so because, I mean, look, I'm – I just keep going, what would I want to see? Like, Mm. ultimately, I'm coming into the theatre and I'm going, tell me a story that I'm going to connect to. And yes, you're going to sing it in amazing and beautiful ways. But really, what am I supposed to feel about this? And how does this relate to me in 2017? So all of my decisions are around that, which is possibly why I'm, you know, kind of relaxed about it. Because I'm like, well, it's the show that I would want to see. I don't know what the opera world are going to think of it, but we'll see. Yeah. Now, it's all in Italian, I read. It is in Italian. Do you speak Italian? No, that is my. That is the one thing that is really not fun, to be oh honest. Oh, my gosh. How do you even do uh, this? It's like, I don't uh, – like, the, the, that part does my head in a little bit. Only because, like, obviously, I've got a translation 
but when I'm directing, I'm really hands-on. Like, I don't, I don't have a desk. I don't even wear shoes when I'm in the room. Love like, it. I'm just like, I have to be right there with the actors and sort of in their faces and doing stuff. And of course, I have to be reading the score. And, you know, obviously we have surtitles so people can follow and, and we've got a great guy who sits next to me who's doing them so I watch them as it happens. But it's just that one step removed that for my liking is hard but the opera singers are all used to it. I mean, mm-hmm. most most of their directors that go through the same process. And for me, I have to just video everything and take it home, read my score and write notes madly. But I wanted it in Italian. It was my decision. We could have done an English translation, but I actually wanted it in Italian because I feel like it. it's just so juicy, you know, it's to, <laughs> to hear this stuff in Italian. It's so – sometimes the translation in English is a little twee and you think, why are they continuing to say the same thing over and over? I was going to ask, I don't know many operas that are in English. Yeah, there well, are. If they're any good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there are, and and the, like, and the, obviously there are operas that are written in English, and a lot of operas are translated. But I just feel like it lost some of some of the kind of grandness of this. Mm. And we're talking about, you know, the queen and the the emperor, and suddenly they're speaking in English. I don't know. It just didn't quite grab it for me. I mean, it, it makes it harder. It makes it harder for me. It makes it harder in terms of technically with surtitles and all of that. But it just felt like it needed to be in the tongue that it was written in. Yeah. And how are you going with the cast? So obviously you've directed actors mm-hmm. and now you're directing opera singers slash actors. Yeah. Look, I get in trouble because I can't tell the difference and I don't want to even talk. <laughs> like I actually get in I mean, I call it a play all the time. I go, so in the play, this is, and I call the conductor, the musical director and I get in trouble <laughs> for that. And I call the arias songs and, you know, so I'm, I'm always getting in trouble for kind of dumbing it down in terms of the technical terms. But again, for me, it's all about the story. So these guys are actors. Like if I go and see anything, I'm even if I go and see dancers, they're going to tell me a story. They're just going to tell it through their body. So I don't really see the difference. And happily, we've got a great bunch of people who I reckon opera singers kind of fall into two categories. There's like a category that are like, you know, don't try and teach me how to act. I don't want to have to do that. I just want to have to make the noise. And the other side, which is you know, we want to act and people don't give us credit for that and just help us. And happily, Lyric has just got this amazing bunch of people that are all great actors that all really care about this piece. And they're all coming in, flying in from, they've just done Opera Australia this and they're just flying in from Spain and all. I mean, it's kind of the the timetable is ridiculous, but we're very lucky to have them all. It's great. So you've started rehearsals? Started. Oh, yeah. We're almost (laughs) almost done. We're almost on. Yeah, you're Um, on the 15th. 15th of July. Yes. So just, I think it's only about five shows mm. it's not very many shows so 22nd yeah we're powering through and and it's looking great and I think because I'm I, I don't know maybe because I'm not an opera director I just I mean there's lots of I just hear music and I go why does the music sound like that <laughs> I think they're doing a Rubik's Cube or you know and I just kind of so there's like a whole bunch of sort of references that I don't know necessarily have been in this opera before but um, they as long as they tell the story I'm up for anything that's exactly right um, so you directed a sold out season season last year of Big Fish. Oh yeah. How do you feel about that? Ah, oh, that's a beautiful. Do you know the film? Do you have another? Yeah, Tim Burton I love that film. It's a great with film. Ewan McGregor. Yeah, it yeah. was phenomenal. It's a great film. It's so cool and like so fantasy. Yeah, I was not expecting it when I saw it. Yeah, look, I I actually love the book, the novel that it's based on. I've always loved, and so when I heard there was a musical, I was really interested in it. This was in Sydney at the Hayes Theatre, and look, it was just huge and epic, and you know, it had mermaids and circuses and giants, and wow. you know, it was just epic. So it was great to kind of dream that big and. 
and then have it be so successful was really, really nice. And then, I mean, since that, and that was actually earlier this year, and since that, and the opera, I did a four-person musical, so it couldn't be smaller, you know, four, person, four people on a piano. And now we're into opera, crazy, oh big, gosh. you know, over the top, wonderful. Are you a little bit nervous about maybe people not liking this because you did so well at Big Fish? Is there any part of you that's a little bit, mm. bit of fear at all? It's a good question. I suppose I should feel that. You are very relaxed. <laughs> Great. I love it. I suppose I should feel that, but I just, again, I just keep, I think I'd go a bit mad if mm. I, if I, um, I've been really, I've had some great projects and, you know, a year ago, it was kind of a year ago, I think this week I did Follies Down Here, which was a huge production with every star you can imagine in musical theatre. I mean, it was Deborah Byrne and Nancy Hayes and Philip Cross, all these incredible wow. people. And then I was like, how am I going to top that? It's just different. I mean, it's just different. The, the Coronation of Papaya could not be more different than Big Fish. And so currently I'm in that world. And again, as long as I like what I'm doing, as long as I keep striving to make it great and accessible, you know, the first scene of this they're all drag queens which I just thought was a fun idea Um, and you know I just go I don't know what people might think of it but it helps me tell the story like it makes sense that they're drag queens and they're having this argument and then they go through the whole opera to prove their point so for me it's wonderful to have these nice in inverted commas successes but um you know this is the show I'm working on right now and we'll see how it goes I love that because I'm an actor as well Ah. um and art is so subjective you can't just go on stage and think I hope people like me just go be like you know what I love this yeah I've worked hard. I'm going to do it. And, you know, I've given up necessarily trying to pre-plan or to work out what's a hit or what the critics might like or what the... I've done stuff that I think, oh, it's okay, and people have loved it and gone, oh, well, I didn't realise that was going to be the thing that people love. And other times there were, you know, Big Fish I knew in rehearsals. I was like, yeah, this This is going to be it. This is going to be absolutely great. So... You know, I think, well, you just make the best thing that makes sense to you and tell the story that like, that I want to tell. And for me in Papaya, it's really about the idea of love. And uh, there's a notion in the play that everything's okay because they do it for love. And actually, they do some pretty horrible things. So I'm questioning, I mean, love in our, love is an actual figure, a character in our play and she's oh, not wow. the cupid little baby she's like a bad showgirl oh, uh yeah gets up to all sorts of nasty stuff i just want to read out this quote by your lyrics artistic director pat miller mm-hmm. now they said don't think of it as an opera think house of cards meets a melbourne pop-up bar or art show with a seriously old school soundtrack hipster heaven <laughs> does that just sum He's it up got away with words doesn't he <laughs> yeah it does and i guess you know again like lyric are always trying to do things that may not be normally the way they're done and i think that's exciting because i mean i myself have a kind of perception of opera that is shifting but i think it's important to go what well this is the story this is the music let's throw it in the air and see what what we can make of it and there is some level of resistance to that and that's fine too like but I know that when I've investigated what the resistance is, it's when people come in and they do stuff with it that's against the text. And so for me, it's the same as doing a play or a musical. As long as it tells the story, as long as it makes sense of how we're telling the story, then there must be a, nobody wants to see the production that was done in, what was it, 1643. What, yeah, I think we're done with that. Maybe. You know, let's try something new. It is 2017. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose in relation to that, from the other side of things, being a writer, what do you think then the importance of... I guess adaptation. I guess it's an adaptation, really. Mm, so, what do you yeah. think the importance of that is? Because again, opera, it's in itself not necessarily going to appeal to younger people mm-hmm. because it's an opera. I, don't mm-hmm. know, I feel like there's this weird stigma about what it is or what mm-hmm. it can be or what it isn't. Yep. So then, yeah, what do you think the importance is of bringing that into a? I guess I, I wouldn't. I don't want to say a hipster setting, but a, in a, into a potentially younger audience target. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think just 
probably, you know, opera people would say generally for the survival of the art, it's mm. incredibly important. You know, I know that around the world, you know, audiences are shrinking. So I would imagine, but I imagine that in all art forms that people are going, mm. how do we stay current? Otherwise, let's forget it. But I also think people don't know, like Monteverdi, when he wrote this, he didn't know we were going to be, he was going to write a piece about a guy who happens to get the top job ruling essentially the heart of the world in the Roman Empire, who actually is really unable to do that and, you know, rules from an off-the-cuff kind of impulsive way. He didn't know that in 2017 we were going to understand that as well as we currently do, you know? And so that's when it's great writing is that's when you go, it has to be reimagined and reseen. And look, I could have set this in Trump Tower, but I, I actually thought that was just a little too, too yeah, yeah I just maybe. thought you know we can watch things that, that don't have to be set now to understand them I have no problem with that and I guess you can make allusions to things as that's well right. yeah. without directly saying yeah. That. yeah and I think Especially it's more fun that. for the audience to think a bit rather Definitely. than just to have it put in their face yeah. you know but I think I also think writers don't always know everything that they've written they don't necessarily see all of the themes in the stuff that they've written and that always changes and evolves and should that's great writing to my mind yeah timeless yeah well i think that's all we have time for uh, more or less, unless oh, you have anything else you wanted to say about it. You guys it. are awesome. I'm yeah. just so, this is like, you're telling me you're a writer and an actor. I just want to talk about <laughs> you guys. Is, look, I just think, you know, it's a, it's for my, in my, I wouldn't have done it if it didn't have sort of an appeal and if I couldn't find a way that made sense of it for me, that this opera. Like, if someone, you know, there's operas that I know I'm never going to be able to do because I, they do feel old. They feel like, and you know, this is one of the oldest ones of all and yet it feels really current. That's what's mm. so, so bizarre about this. But I guess I feel passionate about just making it mean something aside from the incredible music that they make and these people are ridiculous like mm. they just I mean I'm a singer as well but they're like singer singers crazy like, I want to know like what they're doing the night before to prepare I know and I've never heard one of them warm up I actually what? kind of said to them the other day I was like how does this happen like do you do this when you wake up or do you just wake up like this like this is, I've done 20 years of singing in musical theatre and stuff like that and these guys you know and you get a little cold you're, oh my goodness oh my goodness these people oh, just walk in and just like Incredible, incredible. And I, I find it really funny when they're working and they're like, they're going, okay, should we just go from this part? And suddenly they just throw out these notes. You go, oh my gosh, it costs nothing for them to do that. Mm. And I'm just pleased that they're being brave enough to jump on board with an idea that is silly and funny and, you know, ultimately creates the kind of theatre that I think has value. Yeah, it's authentic that way. As yeah. Well. I think it's interesting as well, opera being, I guess, primarily just because there weren't microphones really you just yeah. need, you'd be able to project your voice yeah. to such a degree yeah. but I wonder if there's just something in that that like you're saying there's just no practice needed anymore they're yeah. just already masters there's no reason to warm mm. up or... it's really interesting I did a concert a few years ago called From Broadway to La Scala which starred Teddy Tahu Rhodes and Greta Bradman and David Hobson who are big oh, wow. big kind of opera people and Lisa McCune who's a music theatre person mm. and it was all Broadway and opera oh, together okay. and just the way it's written you know the orchestration everything like it's written the opera stuff is written for you just to sing over the top of it and it's so like all of that is taken into account and the voice does that and suddenly you get this music theater thing right next to it that you suddenly have to mic and it's a whole world i think it's incredible to hear unamplified voices i think that's really exciting like singing over an orchestra without a microphone i I still go like a whole it's like unfathomable yeah And we've got this great orchestra here at Chapel of Chapel. We're putting this thing in, and, and I'm like, so where's the mics? They go, no, 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 they just sing. It's Do you think they're amazing. born with, like, 
that kind of gift or they've just trained, I think the training. so hard. I think the training. They're, wow. And they're really, I mean, that's where you just have to go. That's like an athlete, mm. you know, like they train to be able to sing like that. And I mean, the, you know, the great thing is that they don't do consecutive shows. Like I have to say, music theatre people are my gods. Like they do eight shows a week and sing and dance and act and turn themselves in 10,000 knots, mm. um, you know, and never get a day off. And the great thing about the opera thing is that it is demanding and they get to rest, which they need to so play these roles. So when it runs from 15th to 22nd, yeah. is it? Yeah, so don't get too excited and think, oh, great, I can see all those shows. Yeah. It's, like, it's like I think they get like they have one on and one off. It's it's, okay. it's very just like in an opera schedule um, so that they rest their voices and then come back. That's and, fair enough. I mean, yeah, it's like absolutely. Their voices are just insane. That's right. And and ultimately, you're, what David Hobson used to talk to me about was that the voices in opera, they really do tell the story like... Like they're so well-structured, the sound tells the story. And, um, yeah, I don't want to get in the way of that. So good luck to them. Yeah. Well, I think – how are we going for time? Uh, yeah, that's probably about – Oh, yeah, really I love that. For. Love that. We're just like we just can chat we're for just, days. We're going. Oh, yeah, you're, you're we're so relaxed. relaxed. Sort of personality just seeping into us. Now, <laughs> yeah. so we're so all just going to talk about anything. Yeah, it's like, let's much. move on from the opera. Let's talk about other stuff. It's yes. hysterical. <laughs> well, it's very nice to meet you both. Thanks, oh, Harry. you too. Definitely. Well, everyone listening, you can get tickets on chapelofchapel.com.au. Have a Google. I think that's the. That website. sounds about right. Yep. Yep. And it runs July fifteenth, twenty second. But don't get excited. It might not be every. Yeah. Just check the. Performance schedule, yeah. yeah. I think there's like. five shows, so you know there's not that many for that. It's not a huge no, venue. That's another thing is like seeing opera up close. The only operas I've seen have been the back row because all I could afford of you know the Sydney Opera House or something. Mm. And you oh. sort of go, oh, those. I know there's someone down there singing, and you know, and this is great because you're right in their faces. That's when you need those um old school micro um telescopes, little, yeah. the binoculars, yes. binoculars, those gold exactly, ones. Exactly, exactly. That's what I think of opera. I think of those yes. in huge puffy white dresses. Yes, it feels so like disconnected. There's such a wall between you, you and them. And you're like, why wouldn't young people love this? Because that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're like, I love it. I love it. Oh, <laughs> well, with this, it's actually selling. They're selling like tables around the set as well. So like you oh, are cool. like you're as close as you and I are right now sitting in this studio in terms of like you right there in the action. And, wow. And there's you a lot of... from blasted at your face. You, you can get all sorts. I mean, there's there's Speech. a bit of blood. There's yeah. a bit of... There's a bit of... There's a bit of... There's a, bit of, there's a lot of stuff going on in this, uh, in this opera. Oh, Thank I want to come everyone. see. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank awesome. you so much, Tyron, for coming to yeah. speak Thanks, with us. Thanks, guys.